Okay, I have a question. Why is Ethel invited? Um, I suspect Veronica. I guess, but like, then she shows up and she's just like, um, Kevin, you invited your boyfriend, it's inner circle only. And I'm like, you invited Ethel. When has Jughead ever talked to Ethel? Um, damn girl, that's a good point. <laughs> Thanks. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My middle name is Elizabeth. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. My middle name is Victoria. Today, we have words to say about episode 110 of Riverdale, The Lost Weekend. Cool. Did you ever figure out what that was referencing? Um, The Lost Weekend. You're just gonna get Riverdale results. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. Yep, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, so The Lost Weekend is a film from 1945. Mm-hmm. It's film noir, and it's Juggies directed Dave. by Billy Wilder. Oh! The film... <gasps> Is based on a novel about an alcoholic writer. <laughs> okay. Let's see plot. I can I can see where they're starting to draw those parallels. An alcoholic writer, Don Burnham, is packing for a weekend vacation with his brother Wick, who's trying to discourage his drinking. When Don's girlfriend Helen comes to see them off, she mentions in passing that she has two tickets for a concert, to which Don urges Wick to accompany her. Don heads for Nat's bar, deliberately missing his train, and then sneaks back into the flat to drink some cheap whiskey he's bought, avoiding Helen, who's worried about him being left alone. That's the first day. I guess it goes to- it seems to go through, like, a whole week. Oh dear. Okay. But- yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. You can okay. see where they're trying to do the Jughead yeah. parallel. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> there are so many <laughs> plot lines in this episode that, like, I... In, my notes are all over the freaking place. So as long as you've seen the episode, you should be able to follow along. <laughs> this is a good I precursor. I think we'll probably be Okay. <laughs> okay. So I want to begin with the beginning. Like I wanted to make the little the Very little piece that Jughead talks about its own thing. Okay. Because, yeah, like it, it's like I don't know. There's just so much going on. Okay. So just 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 go with me. Robin has a lot of feelings today. I do. I do. There's this party that we're seeing. It's like a flashback, a flash forward, mm-hmm. and. It's like, it doesn't really seem like that, the party that we see really happens. Like, we see flashes of it, but, like, Betty's partying and Veronica's partying, and then when we get to the actual party, it doesn't really seem like the party, like, is that maybe, theory, those flash-forwards were all Archie? Oh, I figured it was Jughead's, like, idea of what a party would be if he was forced to go to one. Okay, yeah. Or I was like, is this Archie's drunk mind remembering things? Aww. I don't think so. Um, Okay, I also have a question. So Archie is, like, partying with these dudes in pig masks and horse masks. And I'm like, so he's scared of wolf masks, but not any other kind of masks. Listen, he has a really specific fear. I need you to respect that. Okay, I respect (laughs) it. it. We're good. I think that just, like, kind of, again, supports the it's all in Jughead's mind theory. I also wanted to point out that we totally, like, 
I think it was valid of us last episode to be like, um, are Betty and Veronica just not in the River Vixens anymore? Because we hadn't seen it in such a long time. Right? And then I saw it and I was like, oh, we look like idiots oh, now. Yep. <laughs> yep. But, like, I think it was valid because, like, we didn't see anything. And then, like, Cheryl's hanging out with the other River Vixens, but not those two. So, like, I don't know. Literally nine episodes have passed. Yeah. Nine. And we didn't hear a hide nor hair of them being in the River Vixens. That's bad, man. <laughs> I also have, like, this continuity thing where, like, there are these sort of close-ups of Veronica and Betty being kind of, like, sad. Do you remember this mm-hmm. happening? Yeah. And Veronica's holding this shoe up. And, like, clearly it's supposed to be, like, a person. But if you look at the wides, like, she's nowhere near a person. And also it looks like she's just holding a shoe. Like, her arm isn't, like, flexed as if she was holding up a person. Like, that's a shoe. Wow. That's just meaningful. Saying. That's really meaningful. <laughs> just saying. Uh, and then the last thing that I wanted to point out for the beginning here is that when they're, like, in class, which, shocker, they're in class! These They actually go to class. I'm so shocked. Oh, yeah. What do you think they're learning? They, I have no idea. Probably how to get away with murder. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Annalise Keating when you need her? I was like, please make an Annalise Keating joke. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. And then it's just going to be this whole thing where I laugh at my own joke. Is that Cheryl is in, like, bright red and Archie is in, like, a maroon burgundy. Oh, That's it. Still pulling for that Jason parallel, hey? Yeah. Hmm... Okay, so moving on from that, I wanted to talk about the divorce of Fred and Mary Andrews. Yes! So, um, Fred says that he's leaving, and they're gonna go and sign the divorce papers, and he says that he ended it with Hermione, and Archie says that he spoke to Mary last week. So it's nice to know that they're still in... Contact. Contact. Yes. I like, and it's really sad for Archie, because, like, divorce, like, kids of divorce often, like, kind of their parents are make it really difficult to not pick a side. Mm-hmm. So that's just, an, I think that's another nice layer to Archie where they're building empathy for him. It's like, well, at the same time, he's caught in the middle of like a divorce battle, just like Veronica and just like Betty. And so I, I feel really bad for him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa, the axis of the world has shifted. I feel bad for Archie again. <laughs> Whoa. What? <laughs> then later, Fred calls him, like he says he's going to check in, so he does. Good dad alert. He says that he and Mary were gonna have dinner, but then chose not to. What happened? I don't know. What do you think happened? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Was, was Were they thinking, like, oh, don't wanna make up, or, like, don't wanna yell at you, or, like, I don't know. Maybe they're still, like, madly in love with each other. And they're, like, don't want to do that. Uh, and then Archie chooses to turn to drink, I guess. Oh, Archie, don't take after FP. This is sad. I'm like, Archie, this is illegal as heck. Yeah, once again, I am so violently reminded these kids are like, what, 17? Especially when we know they're in the U.S., which makes it worse. Like, where did they even get the booze in the first place? You mean, like, the keggers and stuff? Yeah. I don't know. No idea. Another mystery. Honestly, that's further proof that this show is actually set in Canada and we just don't know it. (laughs) Exactly. And then later at the party... Veronica and Archie are talking in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and Veronica's crying about her storyline, and then their storylines converge because they need to talk to each other about it. And Archie says that he chose Fred over Mary. Do you think he was choosing Fred over Mary, or was he choosing Riverdale and everything he had in Riverdale over starting anew, right? I 100% think it's Riverdale. Yeah. He doesn't want to disrupt his normal world, right? Which I get. I don't think that's an inherently selfish choice. 
No. Because he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they hug, and then uh, Veronica says she's not in a party mood. Next! <laughs> Just moving right through this storyline. Ronnie, I'm sorry that you're not in a party mood, but it's also Juggy's birthday. Yeah. Literally the next time is Archie being like, I drunk dialed my dad. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Do you know what would have happened if I was the kind of teenager who would go out drinking and then I drunk dialed my mom? She would have killed me. She, I would not be living. My, I feel like if I did that, my mom would be like, are you okay? Do you need me to come get you right now? What? Who are you? I don't, who are, I don't recognize you. Yeah, exactly. It would have been like, okay, I'm going to come get you and I love you and you're okay. And then once you ascertain that they're okay, just groundings everywhere. Yeah. As far as the eye can see. And Archie says that he told his dad not to sign the papers. And then he says that he's always wrecking stuff, which is, like, sad. But I also, like, I get where he's coming from because it really seems like Archie just can't catch a break. Yeah. Again, I actually feel super bad for Archie because going through a divorce as a teenager must be really hard. Mm-hmm. And he's had all this stuff with Miss Grundy and all these relationship problems and... Oh, God, I feel bad for Archie. This is horrible. I'm having an identity crisis. Then later, he's all hungover and stuff. And, ooh, I got a thing. Oh. Drughead says, long next journey into day. Which, literally, all I could find on this was, it's a 2000 Australian documentary about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in post-apartheid South Africa. Wow, so Juggie's really digging in deep with the pop culture references. But I'm like, I feel like that was not just that. I feel like it was also a saying or something. I thought it was Long Day's Journey into Night. Like, when he oh. said, I was like, is that what you're trying to say, dude? Okay, so that makes sense. The Long Night's Journey into Day. It's kind of like the okay flip side of that. So, Long Day's Journey into Night is a drama in four acts written by American playwright Eugene O'Neill in the 40s. Oh, Eugene's a great name. Yeah. Um, widely considered to be his magnum opus. The play concerns the Tyrone family, including parents James and Mary, and their sons Edmund and Jamie. Mary is addicted to drugs, and Edmund is ill with tuberculosis. The long day refers to the setting of the play, which takes place during one day. The play is semi-autobiographical. Oh. That's sad. Okay. So, anyway... <laughs> Fred's calling Archie and he's declining his call. Archie's pretty much like, please don't tell anyone about me and Veronica. And Jughead says, I'm never telling anyone anything literally ever. Take yourself, I'm Jughead. Yep, 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 yep. It's just like at some point you're like, there's too many secrets, I can't. But I also wanted to point out that he, he drinks milk from the carton. Have you ever done that? No. I did it once and it wasn't satisfying. No? No, because it's like, the especially with... Especially if it's those big jugs from Costco. Yeah. You know what happens when you try that? You don't it get milk. It goes all over you. <laughs> you don't get milk in your mouth. That's a lesson you learn once. But, like, I don't know. Are we supposed to forgive him because he's got his pinky up so it's not as rude? Yeah, he's fancy. Yeah, he's fancy. He's fancy, okay? Okay, okay, okay. And then later, after Archie's, like, cleaned up, I guess, he sits on the couch with Vegas, and when his dad and Mary enter the room, he, like, literally pushes Vegas in the face to get up. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, that poor dog. He's, like, pushes him straight in the face to get up. He's like, and, like, he wasn't even on you or anything. Yeah, Why are you pushing him? That poor dog wasn't doing anything but wanting love. Now I'm trying to figure out if maybe in, like, previous takes he had been on top, so he had to push him, and now he's just, like, trying to keep pushing him for continuity. Probably. 
Either way, Mary is here with Fred. What do you think's going on? Molly Ringwald's here. Molly Ringwald's here. That's correct. My, what do you think's going on? <laughs> okay, I actually don't know, but I'm really interested because I still don't 100% know why they got, why they separated in the first place. Yeah. Like, we, we definitely haven't learned that, so... No. What is it? Because we've seen enough of Fred to know that Fred's a pretty solid guy. You know, he works a lot, but he tries his best. So it is it is it that there's some secret side of Fred that we don't know about? Or is it that Mary is just Ooh. a whole bag of crazy? And, like, how awkward is it going to be between Hermione and Mary? But also, does Mary know about Hermione? Ah, uh, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And, like, does Mary have a significant other as well now? Right. Ooh. Guess we'll see. We're gonna find out. Next. <laughs> Next storyline. I hate us. We're going to into Alice and FP. The first thing is Alice is now the professional advisor of the blue and gold. So do you think Weatherby's paying her? Maybe. That would be nice. I think it's probably more of like a volunteer thing to give them an excuse to say, oh yeah, this adult is always at the school for this reason. Right. And not just because adults can walk into schools at any given time. Because people keep doing that on this show. Yeah. Like, um, Penelope walked in to confront Archie and I'm like, right. There's a lot of parents just kind of walking around. The only parent who's allowed to come into the school whenever he wants willy-nilly is Sheriff Keller, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to agree with that opinion. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, no problem. And then Alice and Betty talk about how and whether they should tell all of their secrets and stuff. What an interesting conversation. Yeah. I wasn't 100% sure if the message that Alice was sending was a healthy one until I understood that she's been so damaged by whatever happened to Hal that, like, that's why Alice is the way she is. Right. Is like, she's not gonna, she holds all of her secrets inside. She doesn't tell anyone anything. And it's because, like, mm-hmm. she was probably punished the first time she did that by Hal. Yeah. And so she's raised Betty that way, too. Betty and Polly. Like, think about Polly. Polly keeps secrets and doesn't tell anyone anything. Yeah. So. She does say something like, there are things about herself that she struggles with. What do you think it is? I don't know, but I think it might be a hint at what fp says to her later because she and fp have some kind of history there yeah like they might have been the original jughead and betty oh my god yeah i like it (laughs) and what would their ship name be um because it can't be worse than bughead i gotta tell you no but also how do you put the name fp into a ship because it's like forsyth and alice yeah, Force Um Force Alice. Nope, that's not good. Mm. You know, listen, someone's gonna figure this out. Yeah, we're not smart enough. We, we don't. We don't have you. the. We don't have the time to devote to it right now. But I will think on it. Because it probably has to be one of those things where it's like not so much a name smash as a title smash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, or maybe we could call them like the like something to do with the serpents or like the South Side something. You know. Ooh, I like. Kate, listen. I need to say something. If okay. Alice used to be a serpent, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> that is gonna be like. I need flashbacks of this. I need information. I am invested in this. I just need everyone to know this. If what she- if we just called them Southside? I don't hate it. Okay. Okay. Let's just keep that for right now. Okay. 
Okay. The next thing that happens with those, like, regarding either of those two is that F, when FP shows up to the, uh, what, his conversation with Jughead we'll talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. but when he comes into the building and he finds Kevin and Joaquin. I, I can't tell. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to think about this. What do you think? About what? Like, what exactly are you He's are just, you he's about? so rough with Joaquin. Yeah. And it makes me really uncomfortable. I think it's because he can tell that Joaquin likes Kevin. Yeah. I do not think that Joaquin is playing around. I don't think that Joaquin's that good of an actor, honestly. No, I don't think so either, which means that, one, Joaquin caught feelings, and two, FP knows it. So what's FP going to do to Joaquin when all of this ends up coming out? I feel like the reason why FP's being so rough with him is, is because he's like, you are being compromised. Like, this is supposed to be an undercover mission, and you're... It feels like you're not taking it seriously because you don't want to hurt this dude. Hey, FP, that's why you don't recruit teenagers to do your dirty work. Yeah, exactly. Like, you idiot. And then Veronica recognizes him, and it's like an awesome moment. Yeah, I like all of those strings coming together. I love that little slow motion thing, right? I loved it. And I, I, I got goosebumps because I was like, oh, God, it's all going down now. And I was so glad that they that they remembered that Veronica hasn't met him yet or hasn't seen him since. Yeah, because for a second when they did that, I was like, wait a minute, hasn't Veronica seen FP? But they've so carefully kept Veronica away from that storyline. Because I hate when characters are, like, just hanging out with other characters. And I'm like, how do you know them? You haven't met them yet. Why are you acting so, like, I don't know. Or, like, they... They pretend that they don't know someone when they have or yeah. something. So I'm glad that they're t- keeping track of But that. the continuity there was really good. And also, FP is shady as hell and I'm not on his team, and I just want to declare that. Oh, okay, cool. FP is not invited to team adults. No? No. What, FP- if, he, what, if, what if the South Side happens? Well, then we'll have to reconsider, won't we? <laughs> but is he not a team adult? Is it not a team adult's chip? I just think that he should, like, not be shitty first <laughs> fp says i didn't expect to, to see you here and it's like no why joaquin's like i'm doing my job and i'm like no i get it i understand why you're here yeah you you like a boy we get it <laughs> fp's like that sucks because me and hiram have business because joaquin's like i'm hearing gossip and they're both getting gossip they're getting the tea so they're just like hanging out in archie's room to have this conversation clearly yeah that's not weird at all I feel like if someone was in my room, my spidey senses would go off and I would know it. Ooh, maybe it's a hint that they were the previous Betty and Jughead because FP's in Jughead's room and Alice is in Betty's room. <gasps> listen. Yes. yes. Also, I'm wondering because I want to see more. I love, like, listen, I get to, I, I know it's a trope, but mm-hmm. I love when people live right a- right across from each other and they can see into each other's windows. Like, not see into each other's windows, but that they can, like, wave. Yeah, like, they have and, a like, little connection. And, like, put up notes. Yeah. And stuff. And I'm like, Betty and Archie have done this, like, once in the series. And, like, now that Jughead's there, why aren't they doing it more often? Yeah, like, Betty and Jughead should, instead of texting each other, they should be, just be, like, holding up signs in the middle of the night. Yeah. And Archie's like, guys, go to bed. <laughs> so, another big thing is that Betty clearly told Alice about this, mm-hmm. and Alice is developing so much that she just let it happen. Yeah. I mean, she still, she still spied on the party, but it was more about, like, spying on shady people than it was about trying to control Betty, so I'm going to give Alice points for this. 
Yeah, because you'd imagine as soon as she sees that it became a big party, she'd march right over there and collect her daughter. Yeah, but I think she's learning to not be emotionally um, controlling and crappy. Because she knows that Betty can handle herself. Exactly. That's nice. Betty single-handedly helped find Polly. I think she can... Yeah. She can handle herself. She's a good girl. So then later, um, Alice approaches FP, and she says that she's the captain of the neighborhood watch. Because of, of course, course she, she is. is. I think it's interesting because usually people who are the captain of the neighborhood watch have, like, younger kids. And yeah, I guess she's just point. been captain for such a long time. Plus, like, I feel like it's one of those neighborhoods where everyone moves in and doesn't leave. So all of the kids grew up and, like, new right. families haven't moved in. So mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of, like, entering their teen years at the same time. Because that's the neighborhood I used to live in. Yeah, and then FP is, like, revealing that Alice is from the south side and that she might have been a serpent, and this is a cool thing. I really like this a lot. I'm very excited. Cool. And then he says, you're still hot, Alice. Too bad you're a stick in the mud. Um, Good quote. Good quote. Good quote, but also, screw you, FP. You don't get to tell her she's pretty. True. Jeez, FP's gross. I don't like him. (laughs) I thought it was a funny quote, though. No. I get it. I mean... Yeah. Then later, Alice brings Betty tea, and Her Betty over tea. But I'm like, I didn't see Betty drink. I think he. I think she drank, and I think Alice kind of assumed like she would need hangover medicine. Yeah, but I'm like Betty. I relate to you less. Oh, <laughs> this makes me relate to her less. But it makes me happy that Alice is supportive parent. I'm like you. You hide your eyes in boys' locker rooms, but you drink alcohol and go crazy at parties. Who oh. are you? But at the same time, we know that. I mean, Betty does have that wild side. Yeah, that's true. Dark Betty. Yeah, Dark Betty. Don't call her Dark Betty, though. (laughs) Got it. It's interesting that we've been calling her Dark Betty, and then suddenly they started calling her Dark Betty. Did they call her that on the show? Yeah, it's like, I feel like because a lot of these writers are sort of, like, um, very up on, like, fan culture and stuff, like, they know that these are the colloquial terms that we use. And Chuck would know. True. Uh, but anyway, that's the next thing. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I wanted to point out, it's like a small thing, but I think it's funny, is that when Betty wakes up, she has to pull a cat stuffy out from where she was <laughs> sleeping. So, Betty has a cat stuffy. That's so sleeping. cute. Also, and then Alice is getting all the gossip from the... She brings in tea, and then she gets tea. But... <laughs> yeah, she's just getting Stop all the gossip. It. Which, like, same. True, though. Thank you, thank you. That was that was good content. Thank you. Yeah. Next storyline, Chuck and Cheryl. Oh boy. Chuck's back. Chuck's back. And he goes and he's apologizing to Ethel. Thoughts? Not sincere. Not sincere. No. Do not, do not agree. But it seems to be Ethel is just like, it's okay. I don't think he learned a single lesson. No, me neither. But Ethel's such a good soul that she's like, okay, I'll take you at your word. And I'm like, Ethel, No. No, if it was me, I'd be like, um, hard pass. I just wish everyone would apologize to each other, you know? And mean it. I have some advice for Betty. Oh, okay. So she seems to keep digging her nails into her palm, and that seems to be an issue, so I have some advice. Okay. Um, cut your nails? But that's not what it's about. No, I know, but, like, just, like, logically... But she cut your nails probably. She need she needs that pain to center her. That's like the whole sort of like quiet sort of self-harm narrative that Betty has going on. Oh. Yeah. Is sort you know, of I'm out here being like, girl, if you get that angry. 
Yeah, like she she She's keeps she keeps it in, but then the paint like it's like what I interpret it as is that the pain kind of like keeps her from being overwhelmed with everything else. Right. I don't know. I mean, it definitely is repressed rage, right? Mm-hmm. But I kind of, I got a sort of self-harm vibe from that. Okay. Okay, so moving on to this thing with Cheryl and Veronica. So Veronica's late for practice. And, okay, do people have dance-offs in real life? I don't know, but if they do, why aren't more of them on Twitter? Yeah, um, anyway, like, I just thought that it was weird. <laughs> well, haven't you ever been part of a cheerleading squad where there's a dance-off? No, have is you? That, is that not a universal experience? Have you? No, I would... They didn't even have cheerleaders at my high school. Oh. Yeah. No, me neither. No. Did they? If they did, it was, like, in my first year and then it was abolished or something. Yeah. Listen. It's Riverdale. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I'll take that. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll suspend my disbelief. It's just weird. Like, I was kind of uncomfortable. The... Hmm... <clears throat> The, the dancing was interesting. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was just, um, it, the best part of those routines was the way Cheryl flipped her hair. Then they start being synchronized, and I'm like, okay. You guys have gone from kind of plausible to, like, completely just, like, there's no freaking way. The only way that I can figure out how to make that make sense in my brain is that maybe that's some of the choreography from the cheers that they've already learned? Yeah, that's what I assumed. Okay, I hope so, because if they're, I'm like, you, you're getting into some territory of, like, TV musicals, and you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> no, Robin, which one are you talking about? <laughs> All of them. Fair enough. So then, they have a vote, and Ginger and Tina decide not to, and Veronica wins. And then... Cheryl gets mad at Ginger and Tina. Do you know how long the other vixens must have been waiting for someone to upstage Cheryl? Probably forever. Probably forever. Yeah, they were probably just like, I don't care if Cheryl's better. I'm going to vote for Veronica anyway. Yeah. Okay, Here, here's a question. Okay. Whose routine did you like more? I did like Veronica's better. Yeah, so did I. Okay. Okay. Just so we know who would we vote for. Okay. Okay. But what makes me a little bit sad about this is, like, when they were talking about, like, last episode, when Cheryl was talking about how she doesn't care if people hate her at school. Mm-hmm. She has no friends now. No, she has none. She's completely isolated. She has no one now. Which is a great recipe for a breakdown. Yeah, and a, yeah, a great recipe for her to go talk to her nemesis. But it's clear that Cheryl actually does care if people like her at high school. So Cheryl goes to Pops, and Dilton is there, and he's reading Basic Military Handbook. Dilton kind of creeps me out. Definitely. But not in, like, a... In the way that um, they describe, just kind of in a... This kid's just kind of odd. Yeah. But not in a weird psychopath which is Which is interesting because later they're just like, Dilton's a psycho. Like, everyone knows that. And it's like, well, if you guys set him up to actually be Jason's murderer by just saying he's a psycho once, I'm going to be really mad. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Cheryl says, you're the worst. Which is good because we knew that Cheryl was really disturbed by what Chuck had had done. Yeah. So that's... I mean, I'm glad that they kept that up instead of being like, Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're back. But also, at the same time, I'm kind of getting tired of the flip-flopping character development with Cheryl. Especially Cheryl, yes, definitely. Because they keep working on building her relationship with Betty and Veronica, and then they tear it down again. 
It's like she's so flip-floppy from each episode. Yeah, she's evil when it's convenient for the writers, and I'm getting tired of it because it's doing a disservice to her character for her to be the mean girl when they need her to be and then nice when they need to, like, send a message about feminism. And I'm like, you have the perfect opportunity to have these incredibly complex feminist characters, and instead you keep throwing Cheryl back into the the villain role because it's easy. Yes. I'm tired of it. Me too. Then she grabs a cherry, which, like, is interesting because... She, she has this thing with cherries. Yeah. And the, like, scene before that we were just talking about, Veronica says, see who's the cherry on top, and then she eats a cherry on top. She's like, so I'm that's the real thing. queen around here. I'm also like, isn't there a pit in the cherry? Like, she's, like, just crunching down on it. I don't know. Wait, are there pits in cherries? I thought so. Aren't there? Maybe just, like, specific cherries? Are, <laughs> are there? I don't even eat cherries. I don't eat cherries are either. there pits in cherries wow we have stepped to a new low on this podcast (laughs) yes pitting cherries three ways to pit cherries yeah there are pits in cherries maybe they got rid of it maybe Um, maybe pop gives his because also jughead has eaten a cherry you know what? Pop's just so thoughtful that he hollows out the cherries before he puts them on anything. What a kind soul. That's just so in nice. case he doesn't want anyone choking, you know? Exactly. That's great. Pop's the real hero of Riverdale. Stopping all those teenagers from choking. <laughs> Once they get into the party and everything, Betty is like cleaning up and is like grabbing her like all the beer bottles so that she can recycle them, I assume. She's responsible. And she asks Chuck to leave nicely. Mm-hmm. And he's all, I can't play for Notre Dame now. I can't get into any good schools. And she says one of my favorite quotes in the entire episode, which is like, sorry when you sexually harassed people, there were actual consequences. Man, that sucks. I love what a throwback that is to the Brock Turner case. Yeah. Like, we get it. You sexually harass someone and you actually have to be punished for it. Sucks for you. Sometimes when you have to do over-the-shoulder shots, um, you need people to stand closer together than they would be in the wides. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they did in this in this scene because, like, they seem to be real freaking close. And I was like, ah, why are they so close to each other? I was like, I, I, I think I understand why this is happening, but also, like, I feel like it's not, like, that narrow of a place where you're standing. So, like, you could take a couple steps back if you wanted to. Did you freak out a little bit? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. And then he says he thinks about Dark Betty at night and then she slaps him in the face. So yay! What's with all these dudes talking to the Cooper women like they're just attractive distractions for them? Don't like it. I don't know. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan. Nah. No. I'm going to move on to Veronica's stuff now? Heck yes. Cool. Okay, so um, Hiram's lawyer's name is Paul Sourberry. What a name. And the only thing I could find on this because I was like, if you're a writer, you're not choosing the last name Sourberry for fun. So I figured, like, this must be a character in Archie comics, but it's not. Mr. Sourberry is actually a character from Oliver Twist. Oh my god, really? Yeah, and he is the uh, funeral director. Dark. That got dark real fast. Yeah, so that's good to know. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, so that's where Sourberry comes from. Okay. They need Veronica and Herm- Hermione to be character witnesses. For Hiram. Hiram doesn't deserve either of those women. 
No, do not. I, 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 I would agree. Yeah. I have heard nothing about Hiram that makes him redeemable, interesting, or worthy of having good character witnesses. Just True. let him rot in jail. Next, they elect to tell Veronica about what Archie heard with Clifford, which is good because... Thank God. If they didn't put in that tiny scene, I'd be like, um... Like, someone should probably tell Veronica? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then later, she's she's gotten Hiram's files from the basement, and we learn that Blossom has been paying Lodge monthly for, like, 75 years a lot of money. Okay, so what's that about? I have no idea. I genuinely don't know. Is this, like, a mob thing? I feel like it's either that or, you know, the land actually used to belong to the lodges or something really dark happened, like the first murder. Mm. Wait, wasn't one of them murdered? The Blossoms? Yeah. I thought Not that Jason. Grandpappy Lo- Blossom. Grandpappy uh-huh. Blossom killed Grandpappy Cooper. So what if Grandpappy Blossom actually paid a lodge to do that? Oh, I feel like we would know that. But would we? I don't... Well, I mean, Hal was talking as if it was, like, a public thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. We're, ju- we're just theorizing. Yeah, exactly. I really <laughs> totally. want to know what it is. Like, I'm yeah. very intrigued by this. They're thinking Jason's murder might be tied to that, and... Okay, notice Veronica's necklace. First of all, it's not the pearls, obviously, because... That was broken, but it has, it's like a black choker with one pearl hanging from it. I wonder if it was one of the pearls that came off the necklace. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. Or is it just like a regular pearl? But either way, it does symbolize that she has a small tie back to her dad still. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even catch the pearl. I saw the black and I was like, love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Veronica has this theory that she tells to the lawyer and then Hiram has written her this threatening letter but she doesn't actually read out the full letter she only reads out parts of it and mm-hmm. so I have the full letter oh my I, god what is it I found okay. or like I didn't fi- I like paused <laughs> I guess um okay she I say I would say she reads out three quarters of this okay but I'm just gonna read out the whole thing yes all right my darling daughter I can only imagine what thoughts must be going through your mind to have gotten you to such an intractable place. I wish I could dispel your concerns in person, but alas, we don't have that luxury. So here's the message I impart to you. If you do not testify on my behalf, I'm afraid your poor mother might be drawn into this awful mess from which I've tried my best to protect her. It pains me to say, but she is not nearly as innocent as you believe. Think carefully about your next move, Veronica. The rest of your life and your mother's will be decided by it. All my love, Hiram Lodge. Well, that's completely contradictory. Why? Because he's like, your poor mother might be drawn in and I've tried to protect her, but also she's not as innocent as you think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Hiram what? At this point, like, man, I I really need Hiram to, like, show up at some point this season. Like, even if they go visit him in jail or something. Yeah. Because it's, because we have, like, conflicting testimonies, right? Because what's the, um, Dorman's name? Uh, Smithers. So Smithers is saying, and obviously Smithers basically knows everything, right? Yeah. So Smithers is saying that Hermione's a good person, mm-hmm. and Hiram's saying that she's not. Right. But also that he's been trying to protect her. So what's the truth, dot Gif? I don't think he was trying to protect her. I don't think he was either. I think he's trying to protect his own ass. Yeah. 
I hate him. After Veronica and Archie are together and Archie talks about how he drummed out his dad, Veronica's saying that she's always learning these new lies about her parents. And Archie is like, "Have you? do you ever think about what would happen if we had made different choices? And I'm like, D- did you mean every single person ever? Yeah. <laughs> Archie, this is relatable content. It's okay. And then Veronica has some arm continuity issues. <laughs> and I had to watch it twice. I was like, wait, hold up. Because, like, it's her arms up, and then it's, like, on her head. And then about a quarter of the way through the conversation, she puts it down. Like, her arm's still up, but her hand is down. I like the things you get distracted by. (laughs) Shout out to film school. Okay. But, like, her arm's down. And then at one point, in one of the shots, she puts her arm all the way down, and then it's up again. Listen, she was just, like, stretching a lot. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, just keep it up. If you know it's always up, just keep it up in every take. Thank you. I love you. Okay. (laughs) You're the worst. So then Veronica and Archie kiss. I was kind of shocked it took this long. Me too. But also I was really pleased with Archie just not being with either of them. (laughs) Yeah. It totally goes back to what you were saying though. Like he always has to have some kind of hookup for him to be interesting. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense, because actually his whole struggle with his parents' divorce is really interesting. It is interesting. Like, let Archie just chill. Yeah. I don't know. And hooking Veronica and Archie up this early in the show just means that at some point it's going to crash and burn. Yeah. And it's like, Lord, what's going to be the thing that crashes and burns it? It's that Archie's the murderer. (laughs) I, I have a question. I have an answer. So... Veronica, like, gets on top of him, which is, like, that implies things. But then, when they wake up the (laughs) next day, first of all... Okay. First of all, thoughts. Did they sleep together or not? Okay. Actually, valid question, because she's fully clothed and he's shirtless, so... Yeah. Okay. Here's my reasons for saying they're they're not. That they didn't. Okay. Because they're in separate places, and... There, she's fully clothed. He has pants on, but here's the thing: he his belt is done up. Oh, well, that kind of decides it, doesn't it? And there's no freaking way that like they went and did that, and then they're like, "Well, guess I'll put my belt back on to go to sleep." Yeah, no teenage boy slash any human ever is gonna be like, "Oh, you know what I should do for before I go to bed? Do my belt up." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He didn't even strip down to his boxers to sleep. No. Also, it's very uncomfortable that... I'm still so uncomfortable by the idea of, like, these teenagers all hooking up with each other. Also, they were drunk as heck. Yeah. That makes me upset a little bit. Pup set. Pup set. Okay, next point, when Veronica comes downstairs, there are... And I don't know why, maybe... I don't know. I didn't notice this before, but this is the first time I noticed it. And it was, like, right at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. All the decorations for Jughead's birthday party, blue and gold. Oh. Yeah. Betty really did the most. Mm-hmm. It was a theme. She just, she tried so hard. Next question I have is where did mm-hmm. Jughead sleep? You can't see me right now, but I'm doing like the goldfish face because <laughs> I don't, like, I'm just, I'm drawing a blank. Because Jug- Archie is clearly where he sleeps like that he's on his bed yeah and then so what the couch like i feel like i feel like jughead would go upstairs when he was ready to go to sleep and like maybe he already knew about veronica and archie because 
he came in and was like, oh, alrighty. Yeah, that's 100% what happened, though. And then went and slept on the couch. Like, he looked yep. so surprised when she came downstairs. He was like, oh, so you're gonna face this music. Alright. Alrighty, but he says he won't tell anybody, and he told that to both of them, so I think we're probably okay. Here's the thing. I actually don't hate Archie and Veronica together. I actually kind of like it. Uh-huh. I just, it shouldn't be happening now, right? No. But they have great chemistry. Yeah, they do. And, like, I think it made it, it's made better because Betty won't be all jealous and hate Veronica about it because she has her own thing. Which sucks because that could, Betty just couldn't stand on her own with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So then, like, we sort of talked about Veronica goes and asks Smithers what happens is... What's the truth? She has a bad dad but a good mom is what mm-hmm. we learned, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And she tells... Hermione that she slept at Betty's and that she's ready to like make her statement now. I'm very proud of her. <laughs> and then she brings Betty baked goods and Betty's like, last time you did this, which was like the second episode. Yeah. And was like a bunch of cupcakes, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now she thinks that maybe FP was the one who hurt Jason and okay. she's maybe right. Red I red herring. You think so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's too easy. Yeah. It's got to be something out of left field where we're both going to be sitting there at the end of the episode going, what? Yeah. I want it and to be then, a real big surprise. Yeah. I want it to be like high key ridiculous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she gets new pearls from Hiram. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Nothing like trying to buy your daughter's love. Cute. If it's not a Givenchy bag, yeah. don't talk to me. Okay. So party. Okay. Um, the party... Okay, so Archie says that it's almost Jughead's birthday, and he usually just goes and does a double feature at the Bijou. The only thing I know about Bijou is that that was the name of one of the hamsters on Hamtaro. I hate you. I'm so sorry, but, like, that's it. (laughs) Isn't Bijou, like, French? It is French. It's French for jewel. Also, I feel like that's just, like, a theater in Vancouver. (gasps) There's a Bijou poodle! Yes! Oh, oh my god. It's those big poodles. Bijou movie theater. Bijou by the bay. This is a huge poodle. This poodle is the size of a couch. Bijou movie theater, Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon? Uh, yeah. That's in in Vancouver. Mount Vernon, that's where George Washington's from. You're Canadian. Uh, I also like Hamilton. I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) You should, you should know Canadian things too. Fine. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm glad that you know that. Okay. That makes me very, very proud. You're smart, Cookie. Thanks. Okay, I have a thing here. Oh, wait, there's Mount Vernon, New York? Yeah, it's, where, it's not where... Or he's from Mount Vernon, Virginia, because that's where George Washington's from. Wait, but there's a Mount Vernon, B.C., too. Right? Probably. Yeah, okay. I was like, I, was, I legitimately just had, like, a small crisis. I'm like, <laughs> my God, did I get it wrong? Did I just drag Robin for no reason? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Don't worry about it. I have a thing, though, okay? Okay. So, they mention the three musketeers. And Archie says that they're the three musketeers, and Betty says there were four musketeers. I have two things here. So, either she could be saying, don't you know the story of the three musketeers? There were the three musketeers and then D'Artagnan. Do you know the story of the three musketeers? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so there are actually three musketeers, and then D'Artagnan shows up and is just like, hello, three musketeers, we should all work together. So there were four. Or she could be saying, yeah, the three of us chilled, but there was also another person. I think it's more like, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's the second one. Because it's like, yeah, it was the three of us, but Veronica's here, so now it's four, and you're going to have to deal with the Juggy. Well, she's, she's saying this to Archie. I forgot that she was saying it to Archie really quickly. Don't worry. Oh, okay. But she's saying it to Archie, and then... But it seems like they're, she's talking about the past. Because she's saying there were four Musketeers. So is she talking about narratively, or is she talking about character-wise? I don't know. What? It can't be Polly, right? No, I don't think so. I don't know, but I'm hoping that's, like, a thing that we get to talk about later. I want it to be Veronica. I want it to be symbolic of making Veronica one of them. I hope so. That'd be nice. Because Juggy and Veronica don't actually spend a lot of time together. No. And he talks about that later. So I just think they should bond. Yeah, I just think they should bond is all I'm saying here. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay, so Betty calls FP and it's just like, please come to the party. And he's like, uh, he doesn't want the party. No one wants the party. And she's like, okay. So then later she shows up and she's like, please come to the party. And he's like, no one wants this, but okay. You can't tell a Cooper no. I guess not. No. And then he says he's never had a party. That's really sad. And so she's like, let's make him a surprise party. And this is the part where I'm like, Archie, you needed to be more strict on this. Archie says, no, do not do that. Do not do that. He does not want that. He's my best friend and I know him and I know that he does not want a party, especially a surprise party. He does not want anyone there. He just wants to go do the same thing he does every year, which makes him happy. But like, here's the thing. If they were the three musketeers and they all grew up together, why the hell does Betty not know this? I don't know. It's upsetting. She, like, they're they're all supposed to be best friends. She lives across from Archie. She obviously knows Jughead. Mm -hmm. She's known Jughead long enough to know that she's never been to one of of Jughead's birthday parties. Even if- Why doesn't she have this information? Even if she she didn't notice that he's never had a birthday party, she could maybe think back in her mind and be like, oh, you're right. I've never been to one of his birthday parties. And I feel like- you know, if he wanted a birthday party, Archie would have thrown him a party earlier. Exactly. That's the whole thing, is as as they were growing up, if Jughead had truly wanted something, Betty would have known about it. Yeah. So the fact that this is brand new information to Betty confuses the hell out of me. And then Archie switches sides because he sees Val and is just like, whatever, we all need to, like, and I'm like, this isn't about you. But Robin, everything is about Archie. I know. Don't be silly. You forgot for a second, and I'm here to remind you that everything's about Archie. Archie. Because Archie is a teenage boy. Jughead says, I'm so excited to go to the Bijou because there's a John Landis double feature of American Werewolf in in London and Animal House. American Werewolf in London is a masterpiece. Yes, let me go ahead and read you (laughs) these things. You don't understand. It's a masterpiece. No, I'm sure it is. It is. Just for people who may not know. Yeah. The film's plot concerns two young American men, David Kessler and Jack Goodman, attacked by a werewolf on a backpacking holiday in England. With Jack killed, David is taken to a London hospital where his disturbing apparitions of his deceased friend informs him that he is a werewolf and will transform at the next full moon. And then there's a sequel called American Werewolf in Paris, which apparently was really bad. No, we don't talk about that one. Okay. But for the longest time in my childhood, I thought that Teen Wolf and American Werewolf in London were the same thing. Oh. So that was a weird surprise when I went to film school and learned that they were not. And then Animal House is a spinoff from National Lampoon, and it's about a misfit group 
It's a misfit group of fraternity members who challenge the authority of the dean of Faber College. So basically any episode of Community. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Animal House is also a good movie. And then Jughead's really upset that Archie told Betty about his birthday. And it's like, okay, but it makes no sense just to have this information. But anyway. Yeah. And then he says the reason why he doesn't like his birthday is because his family always acted real fake and it made him feel real lonely. And after that, that conversation, maybe Archie should be like, oh, yeah, maybe we should call off the party. But I can see where he's coming from because he's like, I, this is going to be one that's actually good with people who really deeply care about you and don't want it to be about them, but about you. Yeah. So I can see where their motive came from yeah. there. Okay. I just wish they'd listened to Jughead. Yeah. yeah. Then later, when Jughead and Betty are at the movies, um, Jughead says, I was talking to Kevin. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Because they're friends. And mentions Chuck. And then Betty doesn't talk to him about it because she, like, just talked to her mom about not telling secrets. Yeah. And she says, I'm all about the beast within. And we're like, we get it. We get it. It's a metaphor. We get it. We got it. Okay. Did you get it? Yeah. Okay, just checking. Okay. And then Ethel's like, do I have time to go to the bathroom? And Kevin's like, no. No, you don't. (laughs) Girl, no. You know what? She did have time. She did definitely have time. Also, I, like, I don't know if she was wearing the same one, but Ethel's brooch was a bug. What's up with that? I don't know. Everybody's got bug brooches. You know what I would choose if I was going to wear a brooch? Not a bug. Which I totally want a brooch now. Not a bug. Not a bug. Definitely not a spider. No. None of those things. I don't want bugs on me. Okay, I have a question. Why is Ethel invited? Um, I suspect Veronica. I guess, but, like, then she shows up and she's just like, um, Kevin, you invited your boyfriend? It's inner circle only. And I'm like, you invited Ethel. When has Jughead ever talked to Ethel? Um. Damn, girl, that's a good point. (laughs) Thanks. I was, like, scanning my brain. I'm like, um, never. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So, you know, Veronica shows up and they're like, surprise. And she's like, do I look like Jughead? And I was like, why are you taking that like an insult? Anybody would be blessed to look like Jughead, please. (laughs) Today on Robin has a gigantic crush on Cole Sprouse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway. (laughs) So when they actually do show up, Jughead's like, I can't believe you were scared and that's why we left. And then, you know, then they're like, surprise. And he's like, oh, so you weren't scared. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then he's like, thanks, Archie. You really should not have done this. You should know that you should not have done this. I have had one surprise party. I loved it. But also, I am not someone that likes to be surprised. So I deeply yeah. relate to Jughead. Me too. And I've never had a surprise party, but that's because I plan my own parties. <laughs> so that's I've so never Robin. been like, ah, I just won't have a party because <laughs> I like them. That's so Robin. But like the, the kind of parties that I like are like, let's pick eight people and then they can sit in my basement and we'll play board games. That sounds like a good party. I know. That's my favorite type of party. And then sometimes when I talk to people about it, they're like, um, that's not a party. And I'm like, uh, it's the best kind of party. Who are you? Okay, but listen. So the one surprise party I had was when I turned 18. Mm-hmm. And my mom planned a surprise laser tag party. 
Oh. So if you're going to have a surprise party, it shouldn't be a rager at Archie's house. It should be a laser tag party. Laser tag. Yeah. Yes. Because okay. I feel like maybe Jughead might be secretly good at it from all the video games they play. So maybe they could have avoided all of this. Betty sings him this creepy version of happy birthday. Okay. Was or was that not happy birthday, Mr. President? Oh my God. Right though? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> but it was, though. Like, here's the thing is that, like, Cheryl and Veronica did their dance-off, and Lily, like, tweeted and was just like, hey, shout-out to whoever decided not to put me in that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so they needed Madeline and Camilla to show off that thing, and then they're like, let's make Lily do something else to show off her talent. She could sing. In this one episode, I guess. She's good, though. Yeah, no, yeah, she's good. Yeah. And then Jughead gets it in one blow, and Kevin, I think, is just like, one blow! So that's Jughead, so that's Cole's talent. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And then AJ's is that... K... K... He's KJ? super... Is it AJ or KJ? KJ. I always... I Kate, I have some kind of mental block when it comes to his name, because it's KJ Appa, right? Yeah. I think always KJ, think it's yeah. AJ Kappa. AJ Kappa. Yeah, I swear to God. I've actually Googled AJ Kappa and been like, where is he? Where are you? Wait, <laughs> AJ Kappa. Yeah, who's that? I don't know. Oh my God, but if you click images, he's still there. Wait, so maybe this isn't just like my mental block. Oh, see, you go AJ Kappa and okay, it's like the first picture is like a picture of him and Cole mm-hmm. and then nothing else. But then also in the suggestions, it's like, did you mean KJ Appa? <laughs> I wonder what it is. Aw, oh, look at this guy. He's so happy all the time. Okay, anyway. Know, he's, a, he's a really sweet dude. No, he seems really, really nice. Yeah. Okay. And his talent is that um, he's super fit. I also think he's really funny when he's pretending to be drunk. Oh my god, yes. My favorite part, like, we're, we'll get to this later, yeah. but like, my favorite part is when he comes in and it's just like, Valerie's here, do you think she wants me back? It's like, oh my god. And I'm like, buddy, No. It's, and then when he was having, like, the spins and just kind of freaking out, I was like, Archie has the spins and I kind of have the spins right now. (laughs) Yeah. Which my sister had to explain to me that that was an actual term, because I was like, what's he doing? What were we talking about? Um, well, here, I'll just move on. (laughs) Um, after Veronica says, not in a party mood, then Jughead's like, that makes two of us. And Betty's like, what the heck? And he says, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So that's a, uh, a proverb. And let me get the specific meaning out of that real quick. I love that you pronounce proverb as proverb. I mean, you can, it, it's easy to glean what it means, but it's nice to have it like written out. Uh, a common interpretation of the saying is that wrongdoings or evil actions are often masked by good intentions, or even that good intentions, when acted upon, may have unintended consequences. So, yeah, clearly. And then he's like, I'm not normal. I'm not a person who wants a a fun thing. I don't want that. I'm torn on that entire speech. Okay. Well, he, I mean, he has, like, the big one at, like, yelling at Betty later. Do you want to talk about it then or you want to talk about it Yeah, no, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it then. It's just the whole concept. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. So then Cheryl and Chuck show up and this is when I get very angry with Archie. Explain. 
because they're like, hey, we brought the kegs. And I'm like, I get that Archie's like kind of drunk right now mm-hmm. because he's really upset about a bunch of things. But like, this is when Archie, like, that's where you ma- put your foot down. That's where he goes yeah. from bad to so much worse. Mm-hmm. Because he was so good at the beginning of the episode being like, no, he doesn't want that. Don't do that to him. And then it goes from, okay, well, we'll have a little party to let's do a rager. One keg in the kitchen, one keg in the backyard. Well, that's Archie's inherent selfishness coming out, right? Exactly. Yeah. It makes me really sad. And then Jughead, like, walks away, and I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I would be furious. If I was Jughead, I'd walk out the back door and not go to the garage. I'd just keep walking. Go but, to Pops or something. Yep. I don't want any pl- anything to do with that place. Especially because... Like, all your friends know you don't want it, and they do it for their own selfish reasons. And it's like, it's my birthday. Yeah. It is, it's my day. Yeah. Don't be selfish. So then we have DJ Dilton Doily happening. <laughs> Dilton? And another note I wrote down was blue cups to red cups. So I don't know, like, is the, do you, like, I don't, I, maybe I'm reading too far into this, and I probably am. But, like, when it's Jughead's party, they have blue cups. And then as soon as it's Archie's party, they have red cups. No, I don't think you're reading too far into that. Or, like, Cheryl's Cheryl, party, they yeah, have red Cheryl cups. shows up. It's like maybe Betty and Jughead are the blue, and Archie and Cheryl are the red. Exactly. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I nice. dig it. Next thing I want to talk about was Valerie and Archie's confrontation there. Team Val. Team Val th- throws her drink in his face, and then Archie has the spins and calls his dad. I like that Archie's instinct is, I need to talk to my dad. <laughs> I need an adult. Um, but yeah, like, good for good for Val, because Archie... Val sees Archie's selfishness, and so does yes. Jughead. Uh, now moving on to all the stuff that happens with Jughead specifically. Gee, Robin, have you been waiting for this? Maybe. Maybe. So Jughead's in the garage, and when I first watched it, like, when I watched it the first time, he w- I thought he was just petting Vegas. Mm-hmm. And when I watched it the second time, it's like he's just like flopping his ear around. He's not even petting him; he's just flopping his ear. Dog ears are the most pure things in the whole world, so I get it. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. Uh, and then Archie comes in and is just like, Valerie's here! And it's like, this isn't about you, you fool! <laughs> this is not about you! And Jughead's like, I'm stuck in a Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> I don't think um, Jughead's wrong. No, definitely not. Though not nearly uh, enough offensive jokes for it to be a Seth Rogen movie. Yes. I'm sorry, Juggy. And I'm glad for that. <laughs> and then Archie says something that is really upsetting to me, hmm. which is when he says, you're Betty's boyfriend now, so you're getting a birthday party. And it's like, just because he's in a relationship now doesn't mean he has to change his whole person. Like, that's the whole point of a relationship. I think that's a fair point. And that make, made me sad. I think in a relationship... It's it's about accommodating the other person and understanding them as much as it is trying to like coax them o- like away from like their shells. Mm-hmm. And this was not the way to do it for Jughead. You can't just throw no. him in feet first. That's not how he copes with things. Right. So yeah, I don't. And I also don't like that it sort of worryingly like implicates like whatever your girlfriend wants, you have to deal with. Yeah. That's that's a really weird, gross trope that I super hate. Like. And and I don't think Betty would be into that at all. No. Because Betty, as much as Betty, like, talks about later why she threw the party, at the same time, she didn't do it for inherently selfish reasons. So implying that it's what Betty wants, so it should be what he puts up with, I don't like it. 
No, definitely not. No, no. Then FP shows up and brings a present, and he's like, you're the only adult here. And, I mean, if I was FP, I'd probably be like, okay, well, I mean, I feel like it might be kind of weird for me to hang out with those teenagers, so I think I'll sit in here with you. Yeah, or, like, maybe I should shut this party down. It seems like a lot of these kids are illegally drinking. Well, actually, I don't think <laughs> FP is going to care about that. This is why they invited FP. He's the irresponsible parent. He's like, you know what, it would make sense for me to do a lot of things, but um, for narrative's sake, I think I'll just hang out. Yeah. Uh, there's also a keep out sign on the garage door, and <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking this question, but, like, do you think that keep out sign is there all the time, or do you think Jughead, like, just put it there? Oh my god. I hope that Jughead, I hope Jughead went in there, found yeah. some cardboard and a piece, or a piece of paper, and a sharpie, and wrote that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I tape, hope that that's up. what happened. Yes. Yeah. So then here we get to Jughead and Betty's whole confrontation, conversation. Confrontation, okay. conversation. So Betty comes in, she says that she wasn't planning on having a bunch of people drinking tonight, which makes sense because that's illegal. Yeah, she just wanted a small little party. She just wanted their friends to be there. Yeah. And he says, Betty and Archie are his friends. Yes. That's it. Not even Kevin. Not even Veronica, really. His two friends are Betty and Archie. So... That's kind of harsh. It is kind of harsh, but, like, I mean, it's Jughead. Like, I get it. No, no, of course. It makes perfect sense for him as a character. Yeah. And he's like, these are all the reasons why I'm really weird. (laughs) I always wear this hat. Oh, my God. That was, I love that self-referential drag. Yeah. He dragged yes. himself. Yeah. Bless his heart. He says things like, you should have known this is not what I would have wanted, and we're too different, and we're on borrowed time, and you're the girl next door, which is, a, it's funny because it's like literally the most true, because she's literally the girl next door, <laughs> but she doesn't like that. And then he's like, I'm not one of your projects, and something about uh, Archie changing his mind. And that's what you're waiting for. So you had some thoughts on this. I, I have thoughts on this because sometimes we forget that Jughead is actually a teenage boy mm-hmm. until he does something like this. And he starts like as much as I love Jughead and I 100% see where he's coming from. He straight up did the I'm not like other girls speech. I guess that's true. I was like, Juggy. You're a teenage boy. This is what you're supposed to be feeling. You're supposed to feel like an outsider. You're supposed to feel like you don't belong. That's part of what going through life as a teenager is like. Mm -hmm. And he's completely othered himself from that, which makes sense because, like, it's Jughead. He isolates, right? But he went way too far when he said that he was a replacement for Archie, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? My thoughts, like... Every single thing that he said up to the Archie thing, I was totally on board with. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'm the same way, but if someone did that to me, especially in the place where I'm living, yeah, I would be incredibly upset and just, like, anxious the entire time. And I would do the same thing, hide away with the pet. Just, yep. I mean, even if, if Vegas wasn't there, I'd be like, where is he? Yeah, I must go find the dog. Make sure he's okay. Yeah. And, like, you know, people are out there walking into Archie and Jughead's room. Yeah. They're just walking in there. If someone had a party at my house, like, a big party like that, I'd be like, please don't... Like, I have things in here that mean a lot to me that I don't want broken or even touched. Or, like, this is my room. This is my space. Like, 
Especially drunk people who could do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really scary. And considering, like, Jughead doesn't really have, like, this is, like, the first home he's had in a long time. That's a big deal. Like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, free him from this prison. (laughs) Free him. Free him. I I totally agree that the Archie comic, I mean, the Archie comic, (laughs) um, the Archie comment was out of line, but I do see... I mean, he's very upset, and so yeah. I see where that came from. Same. And, like, I just want to say, like, for the record, I was 100% Jughead in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm different, and no one understands me and all this stuff, and it took me a long time to realize there's there's people who understand me. I just haven't found them yet. They're on the internet. Yeah. It, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you podcast with them. It's fine. <laughs> on Thursday night, you were texting me about the episode and we were talking a little bit about ace jughead and like i didn't even see this at all yeah i didn't even see it because i had completely lost hope talk about what you saw i thought when he was talking about how different he is and how weird he feels and how weird he is i thought he was leading into i feel weird in this relationship because i'm not feeling the things that i'm supposed to be feeling i don't behave the way other teenagers do like I thought this was kind of going to be, like, the reveal of Ace Jughead. I would have cried my freaking face off. I thought it was going to be his struggle of his sexuality. I really thought that, though. I know. That would have been so good. I honestly genuinely feel like this, like, even though it was I'm not other girls speech, this speech was something. Yeah, exactly. It was something, and, like, I'm going to take it as something. And I feel like this is something that they can refer back to I next agree. season. And they, I'm so excited. <laughs> right? They can refer back to next season and make it a real thing. Because it would tie in. That's why I was so excited when he was making the speech. Because I was like, oh my god, like this makes perfect sense for someone struggling with their sexuality. Because it is that total feeling of being other, Right. Yeah, but then it wasn't. It was just that I'm not like other girls' speech, and I was like, while I understand understand where he's coming from because like that was teenage Britney, it would have had so much more impact if it was Ace Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next season. Next season. So then later, Jughead is going to leave, which yeah, same. And Ethel's like, you have to have cake. It's bad luck if you don't have some cake. Love you, Ethel. And <laughs> shout out to Ethel. I don't know. I feel like if Jughead was going to leave, why did he have to go through the house to do it? Oh, yeah. I guess he could have just, right? like, gone out the backyard. I don't know. Listen, but. we don't know how the Andrews' house is set up. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out in his, like, soundproof garage. Oh, my God. I forgot it was soundproofed. Yeah. Cheryl prevents him from leaving, and there's, like, this secret game called Secrets and Sins, which doesn't really seem like a game. It just seems like people outing people for stuff. That's the receipt game. Yeah, it doesn't seem that much fun. I I think it was really weird, though, because this was this huge party, and suddenly everyone in the house and backyard hears Cheryl go, hold up, we're gonna play a game. And And literally everyone sits down. Imagine being one of the, like, other kids who goes to Riverdale been like, oh, great, it's those idiots making everything about them again. <laughs> yeah. Right? God, man, I bet those guys are the main character of whatever TV show they're talking about. Right? Hate them. You'd be acutely aware that you were an extra. So we know most of these secrets, so I'm just gonna, like, cycle through them. Yeah. I also think it's funny that FP is just, like, chilling watching this. He's just like, I was invited here. 
So yeah, he's like, I'm, um, I'm, gonna... I'm getting the teenage tea. <laughs> as much as I can learn, I will. Uh-huh. So Jughead now knows about the drive-in, which I think makes him farther away from Veronica. Yeah. But then later, they seem to still be dudes, so I don't know. I like that you just said they seem to still be dudes. <laughs> I meant, like, bros. No, I like You know what better. I mean? They're still, they're, they're, they're dude bros. Yeah. And then Veronica accuses Cheryl of killing Jason. And, like, she's not denying that at all. And she's also not denying the weird incesty vibes that all of us pick up on. No, she seems to be really guilty about that. So, like... Mm. I'm uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable, but also I'm a little intrigued. I'm like, excuse me. Like, I mean, if she's, like, killing your own brother, that's when you go, what? Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Instead, she goes, everyone knows I love my brother. I didn't do it. If they're, if they're setting Cheryl up to have killed Jason and she's been gaslighting everyone the whole season, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, me too. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then there's the twin cess stuff, which, like, thank God that they brought that up. Someone finally said it! <laughs> I was like, is no one else noticing this? Does no one see how weird their relationship is? Then Dilton is saying that he saw Miss Grundy's car and also that Archie was there and then the whole Grundy-Archie thing comes out and Cheryl's like, is that why you became a mediocre musician? Roasted. You're like, wow, you're rude. Roasted, but also like, is she wrong? <laughs> I have a thing. Okay. What? Let me just make sure that I have this right. Okay, you are going to flip unless you already know what a Mary Kay Letourneau is. Uh, I, I do, but tell everyone. Okay, listen, go on Mary Kay Letourneau's Wikipedia page. This is ridiculous. Or I'll just tell you everything that's interesting on it. Yeah, why don't, yeah. Okay, so she says that Archie and Grundy were, were playing a Mary Kay Letourneau. So this person is an American former school teacher who pleaded guilty to two counts of felony, second degree rape of a child. Her 12-year-old student... Vili, Vili, I, I do not know how to pronounce his last name. It's pr- it's spelled F-U-A-L-A-A-U. Mm-hmm. So like Fualau, I guess. But either way, she her plea agreement called for six months in jail, three months suspended, no contact with him at all for life. Here's what happened. I did some math and I think she was around 32 years old when this happened, when he was 12. Okay. So one month after her release from jail, she was caught by a police in a car with him. And she was in violation of her conditions of the plea agreement. So they resentenced her to a maximum of seven years in prison. So she was incarcerated from 98 to 2004. That sentence is way too light, by the way. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Then she was impregnated by him before her first arrest, gave birth to their first daughter while out on bail, and then impregnated again shortly after being released from jail in 98 and gave birth to their second daughter while serving her second sentence. Disgusting. Yep, and then after her release in 2004, he was now over 18 and asked the court to revoke the no-contact order, and now they're married. Disgusting. I'm 100%, like, you know that was, like, part of, like, Miss Grundy's, like, inspiration. Yeah, this isn't cute. No. It's not cute. There's a whole Wikipedia page on this freaking weird lady. But again, that's, like, the show referencing the fact that something really dark and messed up happened to Archie, and there were no consequences for Mm Miss Grundy. Oh my god, six children. Six? What? Okay, anyway, I- anyway, that's what that is, and it's awful. That's- I don't like that. I forgot how dark that was. Yeah, it's not good. And then Chuck brings up, it's just like, I would have added you to the book. Which, 
beautifully demonstrates that Chuck has learned nothing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he's like, I, this is why Archie must have mommy issues. I hate that trope deeply. Yeah. Daddy issues and mommy issues, first of all, not a real thing. In, yeah. like, the terms of, like, just whatever. But second of all, dumbing someone's issues down to something related to, like, some kind of Oedipal pro- complex with their parents. Yeah. Hate it entirely. Gross. Gross. Especially because it puts the blame on the victim instead of on the perpetrator. Yes. Then Chuck starts talking about Dark Betty and Jughead punches him in the face. And then vice versa. And then FP saves everybody and the party's over. And it's like, okay, like he was a good dad in that one one second. Yeah. He was good guy FP for five seconds. And then saves Betty and Jughead's relationship by saying, get back in there and fix it. So that's definitely sort of like a sort of comparison to his own marriage, yes? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And then, you know, they're at Pops, and she's saying that they thought he was a lover, not a fighter, and he says he's both, and then, you know, nice things are happening, and he's like, when nice things happen to me, I just get confused. Aww. And then Betty reveals that there's something wrong with her, and she has this darkness, and then finally shows someone what she does with her nails, and they're together, and they're happy, and they make each other better. Which is really sweet, because I really like that instead of trying to change each other, they're now going to try and help each other heal. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's healthier than anything else going on at the show. Agree. All right, now it's time for our segments, and my first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And this time, I'm going to go with the answer is yes, always yes. Soon. Okay. Um, and my segment is, did Jughead eat a burger? Like, no, he was busy. He was very busy. He was busy. He almost ate some cake. Yeah. Popcorn, I think he had. Yeah, he did. And then um, I don't think he and Betty were eating anything at Pops, but like, I forgive him. He was busy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have our best line award. Um, why don't you do yours first? Okay. So my best line award goes to Archie for... I drunk dialed my dad, Ronnie. Because I think that's <laughs> hilarious. And like, if I was drunk, the person I would drunk dial would be my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have three best line awards this week because there was just so much great stuff. So my number one goes to Cheryl for... And you've got the combined vocabulary of a baked potato. Roasted. And then a, a roasted potato. <laughs> and then... <laughs> baked. Roasted. And then my first honorable mention goes to Kevin for... This is riveting. I can't breathe. And then my second honorable mention goes to Jughead for... Have you ever seen me without this stupid hat on? That's weird. Which, like, thank God someone brought it up. Someone finally said it. Yeah. At least he doesn't shower with it on. Yeah. We hope. Um, We wanted to make a quick announcement about an interview that we're doing. There's a show called The 100. You might have heard of it. Yeah, we enjoy it. And, yeah. It's another show that we talk about on a podcast. It's about other teens murdering other people. Murder teens. Murder teens. More murder teens. But this time, post-apocalyptic murder teens. Exactly. Though you can't actually say that these two shows don't exist in the same universe. I guess that's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we actually have an interview coming up with one of the lovely actors on the show that we met in January named Louisa, and she plays the character of Imori on the show. So if you're a fan of the show, you should definitely check that out. That's happening uh, on the 21st of April. And we have a link on our Twitter for questions that we're trying to gather from other fans. And so if you're interested in that, please go ahead and submit a question. Yeah. 
Hi guys, just a quick addendum to the announcement that I just made. Uh, Louisa unfortunately is sick this week and so our interview has been switched to May 7th rather than April 21st, so everything else in the announcement is totally still valid, so go on our Twitter and find the question link and please send us questions, you have even more time now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. And we also have a Lost podcast, which you should listen to. The first episode's up, and I am editing the second one. And it's really cute and really long, so, like, grab a bunch of snacks. Yeah. Get stuck in traffic with it. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, and I'll do the same. You can tweet us with anything you'd like to discuss, or talk to us about, or <laughs> correct us on. We just like talking to you. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash theaficionados. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. And our website is theaficionados.com. And Robin, I believe you're working on a blog post like right now. I am. I would say I'm about a quarter done. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to do that. We're going to yeah, post blog posts. We're cute. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can join us in two weeks for episode 111 to Riverdale and back again, which is actually a 1990 movie. Yeah. I watched it. You did? Yeah, I'm going to have thoughts when we we, uh, record that episode. I'm excited. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 Bye, bye, bye. Bye.